Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS interview series here at the Do This Sell More show. Today we have James Konstam. He's the Executive Vice President of Economic Development at the Beacon Council. And for those of you who don't know, the Beacon Council is the economic engine of Miami-Dade County. They're a public-private partnership designed to recruit businesses and help businesses within the county grow. And they serve as sort of an ambassador to the global business community welcoming new companies into Miami-Dade and helping mid-sized businesses in Miami-Dade grow. They cultivate local talent, and James is the driving force behind that. James Konstam is an experienced economic development professional, and he began his career with the Miami-Dade Beacon Council in 2008. He is the executive vice president of economic development, and he works with local, national, and international business leaders on economic trends and matches them with the attributes of Miami-Dade County. James has developed and directly managed over 100 economic development projects that have generated over 4,700 jobs and a billion dollars in investment for the county. His clients include Amazon, Boeing, Brightstar, Cable and Wireless Communications, Deloitte, Lan Cargo, Rider Systems, Telemundo, Univision, and UPS. James is knowledgeable about exactly what's going on in the county. He's going to help us with some insight into how to bring the county back when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic and how we're going to navigate these uncharted waters. He's going to tell us what he sees as the prospects for economic development in the weeks, months, and years to come. Sit back and relax and enjoy my interview with the Executive Vice President of Economic Development for the Beacon Council, Mr. James Konstam. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS interview series here on the Do This Sell More show. Today, my Miami friends will recognize James Konstam. He's the Executive Vice President of Economic Development for the Beacon Council. We're going to talk all about how to grow a business with a public-private partnership. We're going to get into some specifics about Miami, and we're going to talk a little bit about I guess we'll talk about economic recovery at this point, but first and foremost, James, welcome to the show. I want to um, really have you describe for the people who are listening and watching what the Beacon Council is and what makes it so unique. So welcome and tell us a little bit about the Beacon Council, what makes it unique. Sure. Uh, David, thank you so much for having me on the uh, on the. Uh, the program this morning and um, really excited to talk about Beacon Council and Miami and obviously how we come out of this uh, whole pandemic situation. So uh, the Beacon Council is the economic development agency for, for Miami-Dade County. We see ourselves as the thought leaders for economic development and opportunities for growth in our community. Uh, this actually is our 35th year in existence. Uh, we were born out of uh, the Greater Miami Chamber uh, many, many years ago as a recognition that uh, our community needed a central point of contact for those companies that are potentially looking to relocate into the community, also those that are that are expanding and looking for services and support, uh, and really someone that's driving economic diversification. So we have a great history uh, here in our community and a very thriving uh, tourism and hospitality industry. Uh, but Miami is so much more than that as well. And so how 
do we develop strategies and, and work towards the expansion of aviation or banking and finance or technology, obviously, which has uh, been a huge opportunity for us. So that's uh, where, where the Beacon Council has really focused our energies. We're a 501c6 public-private partnership. We do receive uh, uh, public sector support. We're also a membership organization. We have over 200 uh, private companies that invest in our vision and our mission for the community. Uh, and on a daily basis, we drive those, uh, those strategies in those targeted industries that I mentioned, uh, really focused in the last, um, I'd say five to eight years, heavily focused on talent. Uh, companies will not um, uh, expand or relocate in a community or to another community without the, um, the you know, clear uh, definition that they have the talent to be successful. And so if Miami, it, it, as a community, if we can't show uh, Miami or a region that we can uh, fill that need, we are going to be um, uh, on the, the losing side of those decisions. So that's where a lot of our uh, focus and energy has been. Oh, terrific. Describe for the folks who are who are watching or who are listening, describe for them a public-private partnership and what what the dynamic is like. Uh, you have you have people who are political figures who are actively involved and they shape your mission, but you also have giant companies and small businesses who help to shape your mission. So talk about that a little bit. Tell us tell us what that means. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh challenge but also our greatest opportunity it, it really balances our view of the community um, and so our structure yes uh, as, as I mentioned before we are a countywide agency so uh, we report up to our Miami-Dade County Commission and and our Miami-Dade County Mayor uh, that said um, we also engage with all of our municipalities so on our board we have a representative uh, um, of the Miami-Dade County Commission Commissioner Livian Cava is the appointee uh, uh, currently. Uh, we also have a, a member of the mayor's staff, uh, but as well, we have the, the mayors of our largest uh, cities, uh, Homestead, Miami Beach, uh, City Miami, Hialeah, uh, Doral, and others, um, Coral Gables, that, uh, that also uh, have, have seats on our board. So on the public side, we really have great input from our county and our municipal governments. Certainly on the private side, uh, many uh, large and medium-sized companies uh, uh, make up our membership. We do have many small businesses. Um, some of our most active members are, you know, sole proprietors or have, you know, uh, you know, five, ten people uh, in their office. So uh, it, it creates for, uh, I think, uh, very uh, good dialogue and a, and a very good representation of what Miami uh, can strive to be and, you know, and, and needs to, uh, to be to continue to grow. You know, it strikes me that one of the greatest opportunities for people who get involved with the Beacon Council here in Miami is the exposure you get to a cross section of the the community. You not only get to connect and interact with some of the titans of industry. I mean, here in Miami, we have some of the biggest companies in the world, but you also get to connect with people who are active and involved in the arts, active and involved in local politics. If you're a, if you're a business owner of a quote unquote small business, and really nobody thinks of their business as small, right? It occupies the, their, their entire life. But if you're the owner of a small business, you get exposure to a huge cross section of the community where that, that you wouldn't get otherwise. Now, in your in your role, what what is 
economic development is a huge title. So what do you do? What is your focus? Like in terms of how you prioritize what you do, what do you, what, what is it that you really want to accomplish in the next, say, six months, year? Sure. Well, a, a huge question, certainly. Um, and economic development, even in, in a definition, is, is very difficult. Uh, and as an industry, we kind of joke internally that uh, – you know, there's there's uh, hundreds of different ways to to approach that question. Um, how how we approach it in, in Miami-Dade County for the Beacon Council is we are really focused on job creation. Uh, we we believe that uh, if we can provide some benefit, some support, some value uh, to a company in the creation of a job, then uh, we are we are uh, doing good for the community. Um, and, and I'll say that, that we never believe that uh, we as an organization or anyone in economic development, they claim they do it alone. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're not being truthful. Uh, right. it's, it's a team sport. Uh, we play, I think, an essential, uh, an important role, but, but a, you know, a piece of the puzzle for any company. They need real estate. They need, uh, um, you know, legal support. They need financial support. They need, uh, you know, a myriad of issues. Um, so what what we try to drive and, and again it, it's it's you know it's hard to talk about some of these things now because the last uh, two or three weeks have you know put many things into a tailspin of course but um, up until mid-march or so uh, you know our we, we were uh, in a situation uh, very positive where our economy uh, was was very strong it, it certainly wasn't uh, you know benefiting everyone but we were moving in the right direction certainly over the last uh, uh, number of years coming out of the recession Miami had uh, continued to diversify our industries and become more resilient from an economic standpoint since the uh, you know the early 2000s or you know uh, the, the last recession, um, and uh, what uh, one point uh, I think it was 1.7 1.8 unemployment just about uh, six seven weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so really, where where we were at that point is we were continuing to tell our story of why Miami makes sense uh, from a business perspective to domestic and international markets. New York has, has been for many years a very uh, a strong market for us, for companies that understand Miami, the opportunity here, and are willing to potentially relocate themselves. Internationally, uh, we're a huge draw. We are the uh, you know, number one uh, location for uh, foreign-born uh, nationals here in, in, in Miami. Uh, of that, um, that population, we're number two only behind San Jose for the uh, educational attainment. So these are people that um, uh, anywhere around the world who have the, the, the means and the talent to choose to live and work anywhere. And uh, you know, apart from Silicon Valley, they're picking uh, South Florida, uh, huge draw for us. Um, that said, you know, the, the last few weeks have certainly put a question mark behind uh, many of those items. And so we are, working diligently now to understand what you know what are the trends that will be coming out of this what will be a short-term effect what will be a long-term effect and how we need to uh, adapt as a community yeah all right let's talk about that then so um you're you know i know long term from having from having uh, read all the all the information that you guys were after uh, for for the benefit of all of us who live here and work here, you were after aviation uh, companies. 
Um, the hospitality industry continues to be huge. Uh, there's always going to be, I think, the burning desire to get Amazon to do more here. Amazon does a lot, but you know, uh, we, were, we were definitely in the running uh, for a while mm -hmm. for, their, uh, for their new headquarters. Uh, and a as Amazon expands, there's always a desire to have them do more here. You said Central America, South America, Latin America, we're the beachhead, we're probably the U.S. financial capital for, uh, for them. So what is the what is the Beacon Council's thinking on the economy, Miami, and what are what are you folks doing right now? Sure. Some of the um, um, relocation and expansion decisions that made sense for businesses in March still make sense today, and so we still have an active project load. Uh, those are projects are you know those companies that we're working with to uh, to to invest in Miami. Um, We've been reporting to our, our stakeholders, our board, about where we see um, our project numbers on a quarterly basis, like any business. And at this point, uh, we have not had any specific feedback that we would need to revise those numbers. So there's a lot of hand wringing. There's certainly a lot of discussion, but nobody has um, been able to, or, or been willing to, to confirm to say, look, we are just not moving forward. This doesn't make sense anymore. So there is a bit of a silver lining there. Obviously, the longer this uh, this plays out, uh, that certainly could change. So I think that that's an important point. Um, secondly, it's a question of of the you know the recovery, what this looks like. We've been very much involved with Mayor Jimenez as he's put together working groups on the question of reopening. And uh, clearly, the uh, the parks reopened. I think uh, just a few days ago, early this week, with some discussion about you know 25% of of capacity at restaurants and I, I've been deeply involved with the uh, manufacturing working group on how you uh, you know we allow uh, manufacturers to continue to operate and reopen uh, in office spaces so there's a lot of technical questions um, that we help inform but we're really being led by by science which is the right thing to do uh, by by our, our health experts as to what are the rules and regulations to, to put in place so that uh, we can continue on the recovery trend and not, uh, you know, turn back and, and, and have a spike, uh, certainly like we're worried about some other places. So that that's the, you know, the immediate uh, uh, future. So I think it's, it's a, you know, very careful reopening. But hopefully, um, as we get further into the summer, we're going to be able to relax some of those things and get back to whatever that new normal is. Now, some really interesting questions come out of that uh, with a lot less, um, travel uh, out of our, you know, our, our airports. We had over a hundred company or countries, excuse me, uh, close their borders to international flights. Uh, 90 plus percent of the capacity of American Airlines, uh, you know, shut down in a couple of weeks. Um, that's a huge lifeblood or lifeline for, for Miami-Dade County. Um, does, how does that change business travel? Um, how does that change, uh, you know, talent with all these, uh, you know, Zoom calls run now, are we more comfortable um, uh, continuing in this, so does that have a you know huge impact on um, uh, commercial real estate? And we are going to see uh, a lot of vacancy rates. Uh, from a talent perspective, uh, if if I wanted to work uh, for for David Lorenzo, would I need to relocate to Miami, or could I uh, you know call it in from Portland, Oregon, or wherever I wanted to to live? And that's a huge you know opportunity for Miami, where I think we would agree we have a great quality of life. Uh, and, and uh, you know, enviable to to a lot of parts of the world. If you had the opportunity to live here and work anywhere, uh, why not? 
So it, it really changes some of the um, some of the basic strategies uh, that we operated under, um, and it allows us to rethink uh, some opportunities uh, uh, for Miami. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think a couple of things to take away from from what you were just saying. I love uh, I love the fact that people have not come right out and said that they're that they're changing any plans. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, and I, I spend a lot of time talking with people about this, one of the things that separates this, I think, from 2009, 2010, is that the economic impact of this, we, we created it for the safety and health of the people of, of, our, of, of our country. I mean, of the world, really. We created this, and we can undo it as long as we can undo it safely. Um, I think you're 100% right. Obviously, that the the hospitality industry is going to be impacted in the in the you know in the most extreme um, circumstances. And you have here in Miami a lot of the major employers are hospitality companies. Talk a little bit about and you're you're better to speak about this probably than than anybody. Talk about what you're hearing from some of the hospitality businesses. What are they? What is their thinking for the for the recovery uh, specific to here or anything that you hear in general? Yeah, great question. So first of all, I should say that we've uh, we've only deepened our partnership with the Greater Miami uh, Convention Visitors Bureau. Uh, Bill Talbert, Rolando, and their team uh, are, are fantastic partners, uh, and we really see the opportunity for us to work, Beacon Council and the CVB to work even closer together. Um, you know, certainly travel and tourism globally has been impacted, so it's not specific to Miami, but there's you know some specific um, I- interesting impacts. We have, as we know, the you know the headquarters of most all of the uh, uh, cruise industries here. Uh, they were some of the early. Uh, early companies impacted by this and are going to certainly, um, I think, have some challenges uh, coming out. The the uh, airline aviation industry, massive here. And, you know, it, it might seem obvious, but when you, you know, shut down a flight, uh, there's less need for maintenance. There's less need for baggage handling. Uh, th- those ripple effects, uh, Miami, South Florida is one of the largest uh, aviation maintenance uh, sectors in the country. Um, so, the uh, you know the ripple effects through the economy uh, are huge. That said, when we look at our economic recovery for Miami uh, from past impacts, be it Hurricane Andrew, 9/11, uh, or others, that tourism did seem to uh, be a leading indicator and lead us out. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the challenges, and this is what Mayor Jimenez is looking at now and discussing, um, is that balance of opening beaches, opening hotels. Uh, in many cases, one doesn't work without the other. Um, yes, there will be locals like us that, that will want to go to the beach or maybe you know go to one of the restaurants at the hotels, uh, but we really need to start activating flights more uh, to, you know, to bring in uh, tourists. So it all, there's all that interplay there. Uh, and I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be eventually a strong recovery, but it, it's going to have to be step by step. You know, one of the big questions uh, that the CBB is looking at is um, the opportunity for uh, conventions, and they've got some interesting ones on the books uh, for you know the, the coming months, um, and you know hopefully we'll be in a in a place where social distancing and interaction can be worked out in a way uh, that those uh, you know that those are, are successful opportunities for Miami. So again, you know business is still on the books. It's a, you know, it's going to be a question as this plays out over the, you know, the, the coming weeks, uh, how much of that can we, uh, you know, can we certainly uh, commit to? But 
um, uh, you know, the travel and tourism industry is, is uh, again, one of our seven target industries. It's, it's very important for us, uh, but certainly from a Beacon Council perspective as well, we're, you know, we're looking at how that relates with aviation, with life science, which is, you know, booming, technology, which is booming, uh, trade and logistics, which is going through a fascinating uh, challenge, but great opportunity of, you know, food security and, uh, you know, kind of blowing up this concept of just in time uh, delivery, uh, uh, you know, you need to have a more resilient uh, um, uh, supply chain. And I think Miami is, is well positioned to you know, benefit from that. Um, the, uh, the technology uh, disruptions that are taking place and look at creative design. I mean, all the movies that were supposed to be, uh, you know, on the theaters today are now being put out on, on uh, streaming. I saw um, Netflix now has transitioned. They are starting to, I found this fascinating. Uh, they are starting to continue production in South Korea and Iceland because those are the two countries that have the best testing and are the most secure. And they're able to produce content uh, over the spring, whereas most other studios uh, have shut down. So they'll be better positioned to, you know, help feed our need for a, you know, a new yeah. show uh, when, you know, interesting. when, uh, yeah. you know, when the uh, day is done. So really interesting challenges there. Talk a little bit about um, opportunity moving forward when, uh, like in the, in the next few months, and you're you're in touch with the real estate community here. In the next few months, larger companies who do business in Latin America, they may be able to expand their footprint here because this is the beachhead for Latin America. Because they may receive some opportunities. Have what what are you hearing from the real estate community? Yeah. So right now, again, it, it's. I think there are still opportunities, but there's going to be some big questions about. I, I think the um, the overall demand of of space and how much we continue to operate from uh, you know virtual spaces. There's also the reality that there are you know folks that have uh, that are in leases. That's it's not so much of a you know day to day. A decision, but I think long term, uh, you know, the uh, square foot per employee that has continued to shrink. You look at, uh, you know, the WeWork effect, uh, not just in how it's impacted real estate, but then in their, um, you know, their not full collapse, but their, you know, transition to what they are today. Right. Uh, and they're, you know, I think they're being challenged right now is to try to figure out how a co working environment works in our new reality. Um, so some really interesting things there. I think on the on the industrial side, it's still uh, going to be strong. I mentioned some of that um, trade and logistics stuff. You know, I, much of our the western uh, part of our county in Doral and Medley, um, some of the you know uh, most modern uh, refrigerated warehouse facilities uh, in the country uh, for food and pharma and others. Uh, that demand I can only see increasing, um, but. Um, I think I think one of the in, other interesting pieces uh, for the for the office uh, commercial side um, is that um, that refiguring of the space that you do have. So Cushman Wakefield, CBRE have both put out some really interesting studies just in this last week, uh, very detailed, you know, 50, 60 pages about uh, ways to reconfigure an office space uh, in this new reality. So maintaining social distancing. Um, how you lay out your your office space, uh, how you manage break rooms and waiting rooms and all those other things. So I think we'll start to see, you know, where you're seeing at CVS, they have, you know, a plexiglass now, uh, simple mm -hmm. things like that. 
uh, that will start to change the you know the way that we we work uh, in a in a shared office environment. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about you and uh, and your role. What is your uh, what is your primary what is your primary role? Are you are you the corporate ambassador for Miami Dade County to to the target industries? Tell everybody what you do and how you and how you structure your role. Sure. So I've I've had the pleasure of being with Beacon Council now uh, over ten years. So uh, been been some time with the organization. Um, my role today uh, is the the head of our economic development uh, department. Of course, our whole organization is economic development, but that's what we call our business development team, essentially. So there's nine of us in total, um, and my role is to lead the strategy for our targeted industries uh, and ensure that we are meeting the goals, uh, the, our key performance indicators, of course, uh, for our stakeholders. Talk to us a little bit about Miami and how welcoming we are of international diversity and our culture and how that's such a competitive advantage, particularly for large companies. I mean, when I, like, I relocated to Miami 12 years ago from New York. I was born and raised in New York, although I I worked in uh, big companies and traveled uh, extensively. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason that I relocated specifically, my family and I relocated specifically to Miami was because of the diversity and the nature of our ability to uh, be in an environment where we could be exposed to a number of different uh, aspects of culture, entertainment, and you can jump on a plane and literally be anywhere. How important is that when you talk to people from the international, uh, from international communities all over the world in large companies, how important is, is that aspect of what we have here? Yeah, great. So, you know, we, we believe that our differentiator for Miami is our diversity. Uh, that is really what we often lead with. Um, it is um, it is what 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 makes us different. And, you know, we recognize that a majority of our population is is foreign born. Um, we've we've mentioned that already. And, and the talent uh, that comes with that, the talent opportunity, um, what that represents in uh, the you know, the interest for people to choose Miami over other locations. Obviously, if you're relocating, you're, you're making a choice between somewhere and, you know, or Miami and somewhere else. Uh, I myself, uh, born and raised in Seattle uh, and, and moved to Miami um, almost 20 years or so ago now. Um, the, you know, the, and, and the diversity question is interesting because we have uh, certainly a, a heavy uh, a large component from Central and South America. But if you look at the numbers, uh, you know, I mentioned other target markets, Northern Europe, uh, Canada, you know, continue to, to, to grow in our community. Um, and, the, and then the, you know, the, the question also becomes uh, inclusion. So it's one thing to have great diversity. Uh, and there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, of, uh, different thoughts that have been shared where New York is a melting pot, you know, Miami is a mosaic where, you know, all kind of broken up into our own enclaves, if you will. Um, we have, uh, you know, I think we have a great opportunity to continue to uh, bring people from diverse backgrounds into uh, the workforce, into the, you know, the growing industries in Miami-Dade County. That's something that I know uh, our organization, our CEO is very, uh, very focused on. Um, we want to continue to drive that, that diversity component too. And for, for companies, no question. Uh, you know, they have, um, 
in some cases, uh, not just an interest, but a directive from their boards to uh, have diverse workforces. Um, you mentioned earlier about uh, Amazon and some of these large tech companies. Uh, that's one of the challenges in, uh, in my hometown of Seattle. Uh, that is a fairly diverse city, but uh, tech is not necessarily known as being the most diverse, especially at the higher levels. Uh, so how could Miami be a, a solution for that? Uh, certainly. Um, our, you know, FIU produces, uh, I believe it's the, the highest number of, uh, of Hispanic uh, uh, engineers uh, in, in technology anywhere in the country. Uh, so we have, you know, we have a great opportunity uh, because of our, uh, our diversity uh, to, uh, uh, to continue to support uh, the business that we have here and also, you know, recruit others. Then again, you know, what, what we all know, you go out on the street and, you know, you can hear just about any language, any time of day. Um, what, what we recognize is that if you are, uh, you know, a foreign national from any country, uh, you, you can feel at home, you can feel comfortable walking around Miami, not feel like an outsider. Um, in many cases, we're all from somewhere else here. Uh, and so it, it that's also creates a, a certain kind of uh, community uh, that is that is welcoming and um, from a talent perspective uh, being a welcoming open society to folks from all all walks of life uh, from backgrounds genders what have you uh, is is one of the key selling points for for placemaking for you know how uh, Miami represents itself to uh, to kind of the net, you know, the global workforce and people that want to be part of that, that want to be part of that diversity can choose Miami. We recognize maybe there's folks that aren't interested in that. And so be it. Uh, there's many other places in the world you can, uh, you can spend your time, but, uh, Miami is certainly leading with our diversity. All right. So now from, uh, from the perspective of the Beacon Council, if you're Who's the who's the ideal member of the Beacon Council? Uh, obviously, the largest companies in Miami they have to be involved. Um, so for for a business here in Miami, people are going to start to look for opportunities they never considered. Right, that's what crises do. They bring out people, and that's the probably the best thing, the silver lining that comes out of a crisis. People are shaken up. They got to figure out new ways to yep. grow their business. So. Who, who can we recruit for the Beacon Council right now? Who, does, who needs to be a member of the Beacon Council? Great. So I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, you know, call out American Airlines, which has been our most uh, valuable uh, member uh, over the history of our organization. And other leading ones like Baptist uh, Health System, which has always been there uh, financially and otherwise uh, uh, for the organization. And there's many others I, I could list. Um, but apart from the, the large corporations, um, we really find that in many cases, the, the companies that are most uh, engaged on a tactical day-to-day -day level are some of our mid-sized businesses, those that, um, you know, professional services or that, you know, that aviation manufacturer or uh, that, you know, tech startup that's been around five or 10 years and looking to grow, you know, to 100 employees or whatever it may be. Um, they are, you know, they're the ones that have really bought into uh, the economic development mission. I think that that's really the key is that um, when we have conversations with folks about uh, being part of our organization uh, from, from a membership perspective, uh, if the conversation leads uh, very quickly to a question of, you know, what kind of referrals, um, you know, will we get out of Beacon Council? Or can I get introduced to that, you know, that company that might be sniffing around the community? Um, 
that's ultimately not going to um, uh, produce the most successful relationship. Um, where you know where we find our engagement is really on that um, more uh, transformational uh, level, less transactional, where uh, we are working towards the same mission of economic development uh, for all, for all the community, and tackling those you know those challenges that cut across a particular company or particular industry. Um, we our membership um, uh, has the opportunity to engage in industry committees. So along those seven target industries, we uh, host. Uh, a series of, of committee uh, organizations. And these are not mixers or networking, although networking does take place there, but they are very programmatic about a particular issue or topic um, or provide leadership. Right now, our banking and finance committee has been uh, essential in the process of how we understand the, you know, the CARES Act and the payroll protection plan, the PPP. Um, what are the the nuances, how uh, smaller companies, not just those larger corporations can access that program. And the leadership we've had from that bank and finance committee in this process has been, again, essential. So um, it's really, uh, uh, I think the ideal uh, member is that, that local company that recognizes the opportunity of Miami and wants to be part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be they have to be interested in the long term and the then the overall growth and uh, and health, I think, of the of the community. And I, I echo what you said about uh, about American Airlines. I mean, they're they've been um, they've been terrific for for years and years. What are you what are you hearing from from them these days? How are they how are they holding up? I, I, I spoke with someone there last night who's uh, who's who has a senior leadership position in New York and. Uh, they, they had literally two flights going into JFK uh, per day uh, in the last in the last week. Now, that may that may change uh, in the next month or so. But what are you what are you hearing from uh, from folks in in American at aviation at the airport? Uh, how are things there currently? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. We, we did a, a study a little over a year ago about the connectivity of flights between uh, greater Miami and greater New York. So include, you know, Broward, Palm Beach and, uh, and New Jersey. Uh, and we identified 95 daily flights uh, between our, our greater communities. So the connectivity is, uh, you know, from what it was then to what, you know, two flights a day, uh, massive uh, change. Uh, so Juan Carlos uh, Lescano, who is, uh, who is the station manager for American Airlines in Miami, um, has, has shown great leadership through this process. Uh, he has, you know, reiterated to us in private and in public, honestly, uh, the, the commitment of American Airlines to to Miami as uh, one of the essential hubs, and and you know we certainly, uh, you know, reciprocate that. Um, the uh, my understanding is with some of the uh, financial support that the airline industry in general has received from the federal government that. They are required to um, to fly a certain uh, number of of routes. Um, I believe it's by May 9th. I might not have that date exact, but uh, within the next week or so, uh, they are uh, going to be expanding, uh, even if <laughs> the market isn't necessarily uh, driving that. Uh, and that'll be interesting to follow uh, to see what you know what what happens uh, with those flights. I know that. Um, they've put out uh, certain destinations and there's some massaging that's still happening there. But um, I think a really interesting point that he made on, on, a, on a recent call with us is, um, you know, we all recognize certainly what happened with 9-11, uh, 
and the security measures that were put in place after that. And I think we'd all recognize that we're still um, kind of trying to figure out what the right security measure is. Every airport you go to, do you take your shoes off? Do you, you know, do you have to take, remove the water out of your bag? I mean, it hasn't, you know, almost 20 years later, we're still trying to figure out. So the question of how do we ensure and, and standardize the health concerns of passengers across airports, across airlines is going to be a massive question that is not going to be figured out with, you know, one rule, um, but is going to be something that uh, certainly has got to be the highest priority. I think any of us recognize, be it on an airline, a grocery store, or, you know, any interaction is that uh, if, if, if we can trust that the, uh, that the business has our health at the utmost, uh, as their utmost concern, uh, we'll probably uh, continue to uh, spend our money there. Uh, so I, I know American Airlines recognizes that, and um, and and our and our airport, which is doing a fantastic job, just uh, you know, obviously weathering the storm. Uh, but um, I think there's enough demand uh, that uh, aviation will be coming back um, uh, strong. Maybe not uh, immediately, but it'll be uh, it'll be coming back. No, no question. Yeah. Yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about the cruise industry. What are you what are you hearing from? Because uh, uh, cruise, cruise the cruise industry is a huge uh, component of the economy here in Miami Dade County. What are you hearing about the cruise industry these days? Yeah, well, again, I mean, they they were you know hit um, hard and and really at the forefront uh, before even much of the country was being directly impacted. Some of those early uh, uh, cruises on the West Coast. Um, you know, it, it's tough. Myself, uh, you know, we had a, a family vacation uh, that we were, you know, planning for this late summer that, um, you know, we've had to uh, uh, put on hold and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, re uh, reconsider that. Uh, but I think it goes back to the, the same question with the airlines too. I mean, if if a um, if a customer feels that that they're uh, that they're safe and that the you know that the business has their their health um, as the highest priority. I think they'll they'll come back again. There's you know, there's um, there's definitely the uh, the interest, the demand out there. Um, people love to cruise. Uh, they're uh, you know they're, they're they're great local companies, and we're going to do everything we can to uh, you know to support them. And again, I know uh, just as um, Miami International has been a great partner in uh, you know with the airlines, I know Port Miami has been doing everything they can with the uh, the cruise partners, um, and we have some beautiful. Uh, uh, new cruise terminals that we know are being built uh, at, at the port. And we look forward to seeing those full very soon. Yeah. All right. So, James, how can uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want? Uh, let's say somebody sees Miami as a great opportunity and they want to know uh, they want to know more about uh, about relocating here or they're a business that's already here and they've never gotten involved with the Beacon Council before. What's the first step? What's the best thing they need to do? Sure, sure. And I guess maybe, maybe I'd say I should clarify that probably I'd say about two thirds or three quarters of the companies we assist are local expansions. We always, of course, love that uh, that exciting you know relocation, but most of our work is about helping local companies. Um, you can certainly reach out to me directly. Um, I'll give you my my email, my my mobile number. Uh, I'm available 24/7. Any questions about Miami, myself or someone from our team, uh, will be able to to follow up. Um, certainly beaconcouncil.com, uh, our website has all of our contact information, uh, there. 
um, and that, that's another way to, uh, to get a hold of us. We've actually just set up in the last uh, couple weeks in partnership with a company uh, that's recently invested in grow and is grown in Miami uh, by the name of Solemn. They're a, uh, a global consulting firm. Uh, they have partnered with us to create a website we call bizhelp.miami, B-I-Z, help.miami. And that's a portal just for small businesses that are struggling right now, how to access a variety of services, be it uh, federal, state, or local financial support, uh, technical assistance, all of our technical assistance partners for small business are listed there, and it's, it's a great resource. So um, if, uh, if you're looking for one end, if you're a corporation looking for data, uh, on Miami uh, or information on our, you know, our business community, uh, beaconcouncil.com is a great resource to start with. If you're looking for potential sites, if you're ready to, to uh, look at commercial real estate, we also have a site called miamidadesites.com. Uh, that's in partnership with our Realtors Association. Uh, they have a, a feed of their, uh, their MLS right in there and it's got a bunch of uh, layer GIS layers from the county. You can look to see uh, heat maps on talent. You can see where your closest Starbucks is, whatever you know, your interest, it's all right there. It's a free service. And then again, if you're a small business, uh, bizhelp.miami. Uh, um, I'll give you, uh, David, maybe you can, uh, you can post my email or my phone number uh, for the show. So uh, I welcome anyone's uh, uh, outreach if there's any interest in Miami. Perfect. Thank you so much, James. We'll put all that information down in the show notes. James, thank you so much for being with us, folks. That'll do it for another edition of the Do This Sell More show. Please join us right back here tomorrow for another show. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled for the massive recovery that's going to take place here in Miami because we have the best culture, the most diverse culture, and the greatest talent in the world is available here, particularly if you're looking for international talent. Uh, James Konstam was my guest today. You can find all of his information down in the show notes, all the information about the Beacon Council. James, thank you for joining us, and thanks to all of you. Please stay healthy, stay well, and stay strong.